0: Thank you so very much, Marius. Thank you for this opportunity and this privilege to
1: minister
0: here this morning. Yes. We've been reminded to be able to greet an apricots as well. I was the only English speaker in my peloton in the South of Konami
1: And
0: in the military we had a Bible study and prayer fellowship which Maurius joined and he was the first to tell us about the ministry of Question's
1: mission. But
0: you shall receive power, and you shall be my witnesses. I think we need the slides we put up to line up with what we're saying.
1: Somebody in IT needs to switch things over. Our
0: title is You Shall Receive Power. And You Shall Be My Witnesses. Our vision is Africa for Christ. Our mission, Frontline Fellowship, has been dedicated for 40 years to seeking to win Africa for
1: Christ.
0: We have the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God at the center. Just as you have a sword in the beast from in the Lord, symbol for this conference. We must know the Word of God and we must use the Word of God like a sword. We need to put feet to our faith. We need to be ready to proclaim the Gospel you shall receive power we need power from on high to be effective witnesses for Christ Acts 1 verse 8 but you shall receive power When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, have you received power? Are you being Christ's witnesses? The Great Commission is great. It contains a great truth. Jesus is Lord over all areas of life. It contains a great commission. We are to make disciples of all nations. It contains a great command. We are to teach obedience to all things that the Lord has commanded. It contains a great promise The Lord himself promises to be with us for all time. A careful reading of the Great Commission should make it clear that we are called to do far more than simply share the gospel. Jesus Christ declared all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. The Lordship of Christ in every area of life must be proclaimed and practiced. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We are not called to make converts or decisions. We are called to make disciples and we are to make disciples not only of individuals. We start with individuals, but we don't stop there. It is not only to make disciples of families, which, of course, is vital. of families, which, of course, is vital. Not only are we to disciple the congregations and the communities, <inaudible> the Great Commission commands us to make disciples of nations, <inaudible> all nations, <inaudible> baptizing them in the name of the Father, and <inaudible> of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Complete submission to Almighty God is essential. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Education is an essential part of the Great Commission. And we're not just to teach faith and a few of our favorite things. We have been instructed by our Lord Jesus Christ Himself to teach obedience. To everything he has commanded. What is our greatest priority? The Great Commission must be our supreme ambition. All of us here have been called to be strong in the Lord. So that we can be Christ's witnesses and make disciples. All of you are called to be disciple makers. The last command of Christ must be our first concern. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. We must never allow distractions or danger or disappointments or determined opposition. To to deter us from keeping and obeying Christ's Great Commission. Our purpose on earth is to make disciples. To teach obedience the lifeblood of the church is its evangelistic zeal. No matter what the circumstances, no matter how adverse the circumstances may seem to be, our Lord's command remains, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince. Rebuke. rebuke solan, exhort. With all long suffering and teaching. We are commanded. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in His name to all nations. As Jesus declared, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Christ made it clear uh, we are to be his witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, we start where we are. Our own family, community, church. And then in all Judea. That's the same culture, but a little bit further away. Geographically close, culturally the
1: same. And
0: in Samaria, a different culture close by. And then to the ends of the earth. When you consider the greatness of the Great Commission, that Christ is commanding us to follow his example to be sent even as he was sent to preach for repentance and the forgiveness of sins to all nations to be as witnesses to the very ends of the earth to make disciples of all nations to teach obedience to all things that he has commanded we are overwhelmed the task seems impossible which of us could possibly feel adequate to the incredible responsibility of discipling nations but there is the promised power. Every command of Christ comes with a promise. Just like every promise comes with a condition. When the Lord commands us to go and make disciples of all nations He reminds us that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And he promises, "Lo, I will be with you always even to the very end of the age when the Lord commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, He promised miraculous power. And we read at the end of Mark's gospel, And they went out. And they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word through accompanying signs. When the Lord commanded that repentance and the forgiveness of sins should be preached in His name to all nations. He promised power from on high. When the Lord commissioned his followers, as the Father sent me, so send I you. He breathed on them. And he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. At the ascension, when the Lord commanded his followers to be his witnesses to the very ends of the earth. He promised you shall receive power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you Has the Holy Spirit come upon you? Have you experienced the power of the Holy Spirit coming through your life? nothing that God has commanded us to do is impossible as we read in the book of Acts the Lord went up the Holy Spirit came down the disciples went out a handful of disciples in an upper room went out and they changed the world The greatest experience is to come to Jesus. The greatest task is to make disciples of the nations for Jesus. The greatest priority is to go for Jesus. Have you come to Jesus? Are you going for Jesus? Changed lives? Changing the lives of others? Has your life been changed? Are you changing the lives of others? Forgiven sinners? Sharing the way of forgiveness with other sinners? have you confessed your sins have you experienced the forgiveness of Christ are you counselling other people to Christ blessed Christians seeking to bless others have you been blessed let the redeemed say so have you been blessed can we hear a yes or an amen? Have you been blessed? Then you need to be blessing others. The first recorded words of Christ in His earthly ministry was Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Our Lord's call to repentance and to discipleship. Follow me and to evangelism. I will make you fishers of men. It's all interrelated. We are called to come to Christ for salvation. And we are commanded to go for Christ, to bring salvation to others. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. We are lost. Jesus is the way. We are deceived. Jesus is the truth. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. Jesus is the life. There is no other way. There is is no other religion. There is no other hope for mankind. Go out into highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled last night you were given a challenge to bring another one or two friends to the next youth conference in June to celebrate 50 years of youth conferences. Now, if we all did that, this auditorium would not just be full, it would be overflowing. They'd have to open the back doors and there'd have to be more seats placed
1: outside. Each
0: one reach one each one win one each one bring one the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world the task seems too much but working together as a team we can do it if each of us just brings one person is that That's not asking too much. Can you seek God for one friend to win to Christ and to bring next
1: time? If you
0: can bring two or ten, all the better, but surely we can aim for at least one freely, freely you have received freely, freely give God has given so much to us how can we not want to give Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me he who is not with me is against me He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Are you for Christ? Are you gathering people to Christ? You are either a missionary or you are a mission field. You cannot be neutral in missions walking by on the other side of the road is not an option for Christians there was a church where the pastor was speaking on the good Samaritan and a member of the congregation stood up to give a testimony he said this message is relevant for us today just this week I was on my way to a luncheon engagement and on the way I saw a man lying in the gutter bleeding and people were walking by on both sides and nobody stopped, nobody helped him and you know he said with rising indignation when he came back from lunch he was still there no one had helped him and that's where it often is why doesn't somebody do something about this but what am I doing about it must somebody else pick up the litter or can't I Why can I not help that person or give the gospel to that person? Why must it always be somebody else? Lift up your eyes, Jesus said. Look at the fields. For they are already ripe for harvest. Jesus commands you to look. Have you looked? Do you notice the mission fields? Jesus commands us to look at the fields. We are commanded to investigate, to understand the missionary challenge. How well do you know your world? Do you know that there are 12,000 ethno-linguistic people groups, or tribes, in the world? 21% of
1: the
0: world's population are Muslims. That's one in five people in the world is a Muslim. How well do you understand Islam? Do you know how to share the gospel with your Muslim neighbors? 13% of the world's population is Hindu. Do you understand Hinduism? Do you know how to share the gospel with a Hindu? Do you know there are 37 countries in the world where the governments restrict religious freedom? There are 67 countries in the world where the governments persecute the believers, where Bibles are illegal. 360 million Christians in the world live under governments that persecute believers. One in every seven Christians in the world does not have the religious freedom you and I enjoy. In Africa, one in five Christians does not have the religious freedom you and I enjoy. How well do you know Africa? Africa occupies 22% of the world's land surface. Africa 22% of the 41% of all Africans are Muslim. There
1: are
0: 14 countries in Africa that do not even have 1% evangelical believers in their country, not una, even 1%. When I am Africa, I'm 14, and I know we show 1% in one
1: Christian i
0: Mauritania, Morocco, Libya, Tunisia, Camours, Djibouti, Niger, Senegal, Somalia, Algeria, Gambia, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Mali, none of them have even 1% Christians in their borders. La am Morocco, Libya, Tunisia, Comoros,
1: over
0: 100 million churchgoers in Africa don't even have a Bible, not even a New Testament. 100 million. The dark... Doc- Purple is where Christians are persecuted the worst. Red is just medium persecution. Purple is severe persecution. Countries in the world where Christians are persecuted the most would be including Saudi Arabia, Korea, North Korea I should say. Most of the persecution will takes part in what we call the 1040 window. The 1040 window is missionary shorthand for the areas between the 10th degree latitude north and the 40th degree latitude in the Northern Hemisphere. Stretching between the Atlantic, across North Africa, the Middle East and South Central Asia to the Pacific Ocean. In that 1040 window, in that area, you've got most of the non-Christians in the world Most of the wars, most of the terrorism, most of the persecution, the lowest amount of
1: freedom in the world.
0: These are the greatest needy mission fields in the world. And there's not even 3,000 missionaries dedicated to working in those areas. I can't get so much of around 3,000. I can't get so much of Roughly one missionary for every million people. I can't get so much In South Sudan, Christians have been bombed by the Sudan Air Force, the Muslim government. In South Sudan, I can't
1: get
0: Every church I've ministered in South Sudan has been bombed at least once, if not up to 10 times or more. One church i ministered in had been bombed 18 times in the previous 12 months. Christians have been severely persecuted for their faith. If this bomb had exploded, it would have taken the church and the compound where we were meeting off the map. It failed to explode and this picture is to remind us of God's protection. But we have been bombed in church services and while involved in outreach in Sudan on numerous occasions.
1: Many of
0: the children can't go to school because they're hiding in the caves from the bombings in the Nuba mountains of Sudan. You might complain about school, but how would you prefer to be hiding in caves from bombing? In Iraq, there used to be 1.6 million Christians in Iraq. Now there's not even 100,000 left. Since the Americans overthrew Saddam Hussein's regime, which protected Christians, the Muslim radicals have taken over and have slaughtered the Christians in great
1: numbers.
0: Christians are under attack throughout the Middle East. Many widows in the churches because the men have been murdered. In Egypt, one of the oldest Christian communities in the world, the church is under severe attack. Churches in Egypt used to be protected by the uh, government and they had soldiers outside every church to protect the churches from Muslim
1: militants.
0: But then Barack Hussein Obama became president of America and he launched the Arab Spring the American Embassy was involved in subverting stable countries like Libya and Egypt and overthrew these governments and replaced them as Muslim militants like the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt who started bombing and burning churches. <speaking in Hebrew>
1: Before
0: Obama became president of America, there were 15 million Christians in the Middle East. 15 million in the Middle East. There's not even 10 million left now in the Middle East. What am telling 10 million. So many have been killed or been chased out or fled from Egypt and Iraq at the so-called Arab Spring of 2011 has brought the number of Christians in the Middle East way down to two-thirds of what it was. Christians are being targeted by the Muslim Brotherhood. Girls are getting kidnapped and little boys have been kidnapped and raised as Muslims like slaves churches which have stood for a thousand years have been burned out and bombed friends of mine in Egypt have sent me these pictures funerals for Christians have been murdered by the Muslim Brotherhood These are some of our brothers and sisters in Christ murdered in Egypt in recent years. And the church is under fire. Can you imagine a church that you've built and you've worshipped in for years is now an empty shell. Christians are under siege.
1: And I've heard
0: Christians say, well, who cares about the Christians in Egypt? They're not our kind of Christians. They're Coptic. They're Orthodox. People are willing to suffer... Persecution and even die for Christ are our brothers in Christ.
1: I was
0: sent this card by friends in Egypt. They may destroy our churches, but they can can never destroy our faith. Where one part of the body is persecuted, all of us should be concerned, we are one body. Even if the Coptic and Orthodox worship in a slightly different way from us, they worship Christ and are willing to suffer for Christ, therefore they are our brothers in Christ. The Church is under attack and we should stand with the persecuted Church. And by the way, Africa has at this moment about 650 million churchgoers. According to Operation World, this number is going to double in the next 25 years. Present trends continuing, there will be 1.2 billion Christians in Africa in 2050. There will be more Christians in Africa than any other continent in the world by the year 2050. By 2050, Christians in Africa may be half of all the Christians in the whole world. This is exciting and good news in one sense but it's a challenge and it's a fearful thing on another what type of churches will these be in 2050 when most don't have good bible teaching and many don't even have bibles when many pastors don't even have a Bible. The challenge before us is to see that there are enough Bibles for all the believers in Africa and good Bible teaching, especially for the pastors which makes the ministers' conferences here even more strategic and important. We need to understand
1: Islam, our biggest single competitor and
0: rival, or threat, we could say. We need to understand Islam, our biggest single competitor and rival, or threat, we could say. And we need to know how to evangelize Muslims. I've been producing books on understanding Islam and how to evangelize Muslims for many years. And
1: I've
0: been part of several film projects to help people to understand the Muslim Middle East and the challenge of reaching Muslims for Christ. We need to learn how to win Muslims to Christ. I'm concerned how many Christians are just talking about we need to bomb this country and wage war there and that's not the solution. Instead of sending in the Marines, how about sending in the missionaries? Instead of war, how about evangelism? Instead of bombing them, how about providing them with Bibles? Instead of bombing them, how about providing We can turn a terrorist into evangelist. David was a conqueror. David killed Goliath. But Jesus is much more than a conqueror. He took Saul, the persecutor of the church, and he turned him into Paul, the apostle and missionary of the church. There is no political or military solution to the Middle East. But there is a spiritual solution. We need to evangelize the Middle East. I've had opportunities of evangelizing terrorists and being in terrorist camps, showing Jesus films and having discussions with Muslim terrorists and sharing the gospel with them. I've seen Muslims converted to Christ. I can testify of entire battalions of Muslims who were converted to Christ in Sudan and came over to the south and said, we want to become Christians. That is the long-term solution. The harvest truly is large, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send up laborers into his harvest field. The Lord has commanded us to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. This is a command not just to go into the geographic world but to every level of society. We need missionary-minded businessmen. We need teachers who will use the classroom for evangelism as well. We need Christian judges, how we need Christian judges and lawyers. 95% 95% of lawyers give the rest a bad name. We need Christians in the entertainment world who will make Christian God honoring films. Like the Kendrick brothers who make films like Warham, we need more of them. We need Christians in economics, in entertainment, in medicine. Where are the Florence Nightingales and Dr David Livingston's of our day? We need Christian nurses, Christian teachers. Christian doctors. And sportsmen who honour Christ. I'm reminded that one of the greatest cricketers of the eighteenth century of nineteenth century was C. T. Studd. He was a cricketing superstar who gave it all up to be a missionary to China and then to the Congo. We need Christian artists. And we are to proclaim in every area of society the gospel of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And we must deal with the primary issue of sin. People are not innocent victims needing deliverance, but we guilty sinners needing forgiveness and freedom, mercy from Almighty God. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And as with Christ's Incarnation, we need to become one with and identify with the people we are sent to. We need to speak the Gospel and live the Gospel in the language and in the culture of the people we are sent to. There are two parables of the sower in Matthew 13 in the one parable that we all know very well we are the sower and the word of God is the seed and the field is the hearts of the people that we are ministering to but in the second parable of the God is the sower and we are the seed and the field is the world in which God plants us where God calls us to put down roots and to produce fruit where he has planted us you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven the best sermon illustration is the life of integrity Of a Christian neighbor, or a colleague, or a family member. It's not what you say as much as what you do that counts. Now, let me ask, how many of you came to Christ at an evangelistic rally? There was a big evangelistic rally, you had an altar call, and you came forward. How many of you can say, I was saved at an evangelistic rally? Evangelistic rally? Yeah, like Billy Graham crusade. Or maybe Ronald Monke crusades. Can you raise your hand? Anyone who's converted in a rally, a big evangelistic crusade? How many of you were converted through... Radio ministry. Can you see your hands? How many of you would say TV is what brought you to Christ? Can you see those hands? How many would say you were converted through gospel radio or gospel music, I should say? Maybe at a music concert. Maybe at a music concert. How many of you could say you were converted through literature, either a Gideon's Bible or gospel tract that literature brought you to Christ? Banga, how banga, many could raise Let's see those hands. Now how many of you can say I was converted by a person sharing the gospel with me or counselling me, with a family member, friend, church person, how many of you came to Christ through one person's witness and counsel? Let's see those hands. Yeah, the vast majority. I've found, in conferences I've done, the vast majority of people surveyed came to Christ through personal evangelism. Friends, families, even strangers In one-on-one witnessing and counselling So far I haven't come across anyone Who said they were converted through music Music is primarily for worship anyway It's not primarily for evangelism only once in one conference in Nigeria did I come across one person who said he was converted through TV. We had to pay not to pay TV. But even in large groups of hundreds, I've seldom found more than 3% could say, like myself, I was saved through an evangelistic crusade. Now I was saved in an evangelistic crusade. I wandered in as a pagan to a church outreach in a local cinema, and I went forward and I surrendered my life to Christ the first time I heard the gospel. It happens, but it's not common. Quite a few
1: people would say literature played
0: a key role in bringing them to repentance. But the vast majority, even here today, have said it's one-on-one, personal evangelism or counselling where a friend or neighbour or a teacher, pastor, family member led them to Christ. You don't have to be a Billy Graham or a Reinard Bonker to bring people to Christ. It's personal one-on-one evangelism and counseling that brings most people to the Lord. You can bring people to Christ. Jesus said, Whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies people before men, him I will also deny between my Father who is in heaven. My first daughter Andrea, when she was about five years old, she went with my mother to the shopping center in Cape Town and in Cavendish Square uh, there was some magician show in the middle of the square uh, where many children were while my mother was trying to skirt the outskirts of it to get to the shop she was going to and my mother reported that the magician saw my daughter and said, Hey, little girl, come over here. We have magic for you. And my daughter rappo- shouted for the whole shopping center to because five-year-olds do not need a PA system.
1: My Lord
0: Jesus does miracles and that's better than your magic. Well, shortly after that I was flying overseas on a KLM aircraft. We were going off to um, Amsterdam and then from there to America. And Andrea and I were traveling together. Her mother and Siblings were already overseas and we were
1: going to join them. I was settling
0: down to a good book when suddenly Andrea shouted for the whole aircraft to hear.
1: We're
0: Christians! Why did you say I closed my book and I turned to him and said well yes and where we are, but why do you say that now? I so said the lady was asking if there's any Christians we should let her know. And I thought for a moment and I said that must mean if there's any Christians we should let her know. But she was so ready to stand up for, we're Christians, make a witness for Christ. Jesus said we must become like little children. I think many times they're so much more outspoken and upfront and open, honest. Adults, we're often too quiet and polite. and We should be making our stand for Christ more boldly we
1: dare
0: not let opportunities to witness for Christ pass us by you should keep gospel literature within your pockets and you can get these at reception these gospel booklets it's all scripture help from above Satan versus Christ, please um, set me free good tracts, get them from reception have gospel booklets in your track pocket that's what you 've got a, a pocket for to keep track whether you're at the petrol station at the bus station, whether you're with a shopkeeper, you just give them some gospel May I offer you something to read would you like to did you get one of these? if we are sowing gospel seed everywhere, what an opportunity and sometimes conversations can result from this point of contact we were
1: putting a piece of gospel literature in a person's hand we can be sowing gospel
0: seed Jesus said whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and in his father's glory and of the
1: holy angels
0: do not be intimidated into silence fear God don't fear man this picture was taken in the largest mosque in the southern hemisphere, in Durban. i have taken groups of Christians to visit mosques and then we ask them to explain Islam to us and we ask questions. And it's a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel with these Muslim imams and other teachers there. 44 years ago, I received my call up to military service. And, and I, was, I was advised by a Christian before, make your witness for Christ soon. Don't wait for weeks before you make your stand for Christ. Christ. And I was told, when you pray, um, pray openly at, at meals so that people can see who the other Christians are. And so my first meal, I bowed over my food and I prayed long and hard. When I lifted up my eyes, everyone was laughing then I saw why they were laughing my meat was missing and I never got it back and one of the men laughing there said didn't Jesus say you should watch and pray So I learnt when it came to grace Grayson Army you dig your fork in and you put your arm around protectively then you thank God for what you have. And at the first chaplain service I asked if I could uh, please speak. And the chaplain let me stand up and I stood up and said, I love the Lord Jesus with all
1: my heart. I
0: want to honor God in the next two years here. If anyone else feels the same, please come see me afterwards. Let us start a Bible study and a prayer fellowship. Now that was a terrifying stand to make. But it was absolutely essential that I made my stand for Christ. Just two men came and joined me for the first, uh, for the Bible study, but then it grew. And soon there were six, then there were eight, and then twelve, and we kept growing and we had the opportunity not only on the obstacle course, see obstacles only there to be overcome they're not there to stop you and in the military we had the opportunity of witnessing for Christ and winning fellow soldiers to Christ having Bible studies in the bungalows and the tents and to see that the gospel went forward amongst the people around us. The military is not a friendly environment for evangelism.
1: And
0: yet, people came to Christ, it was an effective mission field. And as we were having our all-night prayer meetings, praying through Operation World and praying for whole countries like Mozambique and Angola, God put the burden on our heart to launch this mission, Frontline Fellowship, that's still going 42
1: years later. Now
0: the point is, wherever God may send you, Whether you go to the army or the police or wherever you may go, universities, schools, God can use you to witness the people around you. But you must make a stand for Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is He who is in me than him who is in the world. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of might, of love. And yes, we might have been pretty dirty on the outside after a few weeks in the field, but our hearts were pure by the blood of Christ and by the work of the Holy Spirit. Many of these men are now evangelists and missionaries around the world. We went through some rough battles and all kinds of experiences, and yet at the end of the day, the Bible Study and Prayer Fellowship came out stronger. A little prayer fellowship that started with three people were 84 on our last day in the army. We have As we re,
1: as
0: we sing an amazing grace, through many trials and traps and snares we've come. And yet God protects and he preserves his people. So I challenge you to be a witness wherever God calls you to be. And God called me to go back to these very areas as a missionary to reach people in neighboring countries like in Angola and to minister to UNITA Freedom Fighters and Renoma in Renama and Mozambique and train their chaplains and to be the one bringing them Bibles in these conflict areas. And our Lord Jesus assured us, there is no one who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and for the Gospels. He shall not receive a hundredfold more in this time. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And an age to come eternal life. So Lord Jesus makes it clear, sacrifice is essential. Unlike the Old Testament believers, we don't come to church with a lamb or a pigeon to sacrifice, but we must come as living sacrifice. We give our lives, our time, our talents, our treasure. We give ourselves for God's
1: service. In our
0: case, it's involved going back into the place where we used to fight now in Angola with the gospel of Christ, smuggling bibles and gospel booklets across the border, across crocodile-infested rivers. In areas with landmines and, and booby traps We're the only transporters on your feet carrying the box of Bibles into these areas Where there's
1: landmines or the
0: national plant we now this church, can you see something missing from this church? There's no building. The building's been destroyed, but that hasn't stopped the people gathering for worship. There was something else missing. They did not have Bibles. They didn't have, Sunday, they didn't have any communion implements either, so we brought in communion implements for them too in Sunday school materials in Bible studies but what they loved the most was the Bible when we brought out Bibles people said I've not had a Bible for five years I've been praying for five years my own copy of the word of God this is the greatest gift anyone could ever ask for the word of God in my own language. I had the chance to take my children up and showing them this is the river we cross. we used to paddle across or swim across to take the gospel in Tangola more
1: recently we've
0: had four-wheel drive vehicles and trailers much more luxurious to travel up to these difficult areas from Cape Town to Sudan it's 8,000 kilometers by road to get to South Sudan can you imagine the cost of the petrol just alone and then when you see shot-out tanks and armored cars you know the hard vehicles didn't survive how's our soft vehicle going to survive
1: here
0: if you want to improve your prayer life come with us on a mission into a war zone you will confess all your sins and make right with God before you cross that border you never want to go into an area where there's landmines and ambushes without something there's something between you and God you want to be right with God the tank didn't make it how are we going to make it make it This brings about revival in your soul, the moment you have to work in a war zone. It's not just the bad roads. It's the ambushes. And so we often fly the Christian flag because we don't want friendly fire. You know, where you get shot by your own side. We don't want them to confuse you and think you're an Arab vehicle or something like that. If you complain about the
1: bad roads here in
0: South Africa, go across the border north and it's, it's much, much, much worse. This is a typical Sudanese bridge. bridge Sudan. We have to walk through first with a stick and work out where the rocks are and where the dips are and then guide the vehicle driving through. I've driven through with the water up to my chest, going through the rivers because the bridge is all blown up. In South Sudan, the people there have been fighting a long war against the Arab North to protect themselves and to survive. From the jihad seeking to wipe out the Christians in the South. And God called us to minister to these people. They did not have chaplains, they did not have pastors and Bibles, and so we went in to evangelize the SPLA, the Sudanese People's Liberation Army. They said to me, we are hidden people fighting a forgotten war. Do the Christians in South Africa pray for us? They asked. I said, they don't know you exist yet, but we will be sure they will be praying for you. And of course, many South Africans have been praying for Sudan. many
1: years now how many of you
0: remember reverend bill bathman bill bathman's picture here standing father's tank bill bathman used to be a regular guest speaker at the youth conferences does anyone remember bill bathman when he was 70 years old we took him to the battlefronts in Sudan. He devoted 67 years to missions. He ministered in 114 countries. But he had never been to Sudan. So, for his 70th birthday, we took him into Sudan and he ministered at the battlefronts what excuse do you young people have if people in their 70s are willing to be like Caleb and say give me that mountain you can do so much more than you think you can our mission feels like this now I'm showing you the Nuba mountains of Sudan an island of Christianity and a sea of Islam we've walked from one southern Nuba mountain to the other and these are people resisting Islam seeking to build a Christian country in the midst of severe persecution The churches have been burned, the pastors have been crucified, but we've been able to go and deliver to them Bibles and help them to establish schools and churches. Taking food sometimes for the widows and orphans who are starving and these people have been fighting for many many years for their survival and their freedom to keep their children safe from slave raiders and it's a joy to minister with these people When we ask them, where do you get your weapons, they say, the enemy is my quartermaster. Everything they've got, they're captured from the enemy. And they're defeating the enemy. These men said to me, we are not like the Southerners who've been fighting the Arabs for just 40, 50 years. We've been fighting the Arabs for 14 centuries. My grandfather fought the Muslims. My father fought the Muslims. I fought the Muslims. My children will fight the Muslims. We will never bow to Mecca. And so we've had death threats put upon us. The government of Sudan has put death threats on me that Peter Hammond should expect to be shot on sight. He should expect to be bombed every time he comes to Sudan. And that's because my writings make me an enemy of the state. And this is on Ministry of Foreign Affairs website. So we've got to be very careful when we go in and do our work and we've got to stay a step ahead of the Arab government as we share the gospel even with our enemies. Now I want you to meet this man. This is an evangelist. I took this picture in the Nuba Mountains. Can you see something strange about this man? Do you notice he has no feet? How does a man lose both feet? The Arabs chopped his feet off with an axe. Why? He's an evangelist and to show the people, this is what happens to people who share the gospel, they chopped off his feet with an axe. Now the Bible says how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. This brother has no feet. But he has beautiful feet. He has not allowed the inconvenience of not any feet to keep him from taking the gospel to his neighbors. <laughs> he rides on a donkey or he walks on his knees. You can see how calloused his knees are. Now, you and I who have got feet, what excuse do we have? What excuse do you have not to take the gospel to your neighbor? If this man can go on his knees or riding on a donkey without feet? Now By God's grace, we've meant to smuggle hundreds of thousands of Bibles and Christian books into Sudan which is illegal these have to be smuggled there against the law of the government I've even been threatened you take off with bubbles we will blow you out of the sky the first Bible in a moral language, the whole Bible in the moral language, we managed to get it printed and smuggled into Sudan and we were bombed at the church service when we were dedicating these Bibles to the Lord. We
1: seek to
0: put wheels under the word, donating bicycles to evangelists, some pastors might have. Ten congregations they're responsible for, so a bicycle enables them to get to two or three congregations
1: in one Sunday. These are some
0: of the chaplains we trained for the Sudanese People's Liberation Army. And this is Easter Sunday service at uh, Louis at the Louis Cathedral. Uh, to to this, this, this Louis Cathedral. Under this tree that they call La Ro, the Arabs used to tether up the people, tie them up, and take them in yokes to the Nile River and then up to Khartoum where they'd be sold in slave markets. I The church just behind us there has been bombed ten times, destroyed three times, rebuilt every time. There were 140 bomb craters around the church at the time we took this picture. The people did not let the Arab bombings keep them from coming to church, the highest priority, worshipping God. Uh, this man in the middle is Commander Silver Kier and uh, with the red beret. He is now President of South Sudan. Uh, here we were near the battlefront during the war um, before he became President. And the governor of Equatoria is on the far right. The bishop is the man in the purple shirt. All good friends here. We praise God that South Sudan is now a free and independent country. Remember these places. Pray for these people. Pray for the Christians of South Sudan. And the Nuba Mountains.
1: We've
0: got a book here, Faith Under Fire in Sudan, which gives the story of how South Sudan won their war of freedom and became an independent country in 2011. And there are films that you could probably get from the a bookshop as well to see the story of South Sudan,
1: <laughs> Sudan
0: lived in the Holocaust. <laughs> Today there are Christian schools in Sudan where it was not possible before and by God's grace the gospel has gone out by film using the Jesus form and video projectors and screens to show people the gospel in Arabic, Dinka, Moral, the body, the different languages film evangelism is a good tool to use and the Jesus film is now available in over thousand six hundred languages this man chaplain Peter was one of the first chaplains we trained back already in 1996 and uh, he's now a bishop's assistant in Sudan be still going strong 25 years later. <laughs> Chaplain Moses was also one of the first of the chaplains we trained in Sudan Chaplain Moses was also one of the first of the chaplains we trained
1: in 25 years ago.
0: I hope you remember some of these faces and pray for these people. It's important that they have a face that you recognize. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ who have come through great tribulation in Sudan. Yeah, they yeah, the are for their faith. The Bible says we should remember those who are imprisoned for their faith. This is the local bishop, Bishop Bismarck, and we're giving him libraries for pastors Help equip him in his
1: important tasks.
0: Pray for South Sudan, the youngest country in the world, only been independent since 2011. I'm not sure how many 2011. And Doctors for Life is going up there every January and doing eye surgery and doing a lot of good work for the people in the Uba Mountains.
1: Doctors for Life is going up there every January. I'm not sure if I'm going to work with you. I'm you're going to work with you. I'm not sure if you're going to work with you.
0: And perhaps you see some of the pictures that Johan Klaassen takes up in the Uba These are our friends up there. I'm not sure if you to Johan Klaassen there still is great need and we pray even here some of you will get the vision that God may call you to go to countries like these and help the people who are in desperate need
1: these
0: are Bibles and books that we've had printed in Belarus to be shipped into Sudan in the New Mountains do you recognize what that is?
1: That
0: is a shell from an artillery piece, but it's now, the, it's a school bell. They come and they bang the sound of the shell, that's a school bell. And these are some children in the schools that are receiving gospel booklets that we're just reading to them. Pray for the Nuba Mountains, an island of Christianity in a sea of Islam. These are Christians under siege surrounded by Muslims, but seeking to stand firm for Christ. Jesus said, we should look at the fields, so I'm giving you a bit of a look at some of the fields.. Now if you're serious about missions and if you share our vision of winning Africa for Christ perhaps some of you may want to pray about participating in our Great Commission course which comes up in January. And we can help supply you with gospel literature. If you need more Gospel literature, we distribute tons of it every
1: year. Now, our
0: camps are not like a conference. They start with PT every morning. Press-ups, sit-ups, running. We believe in body, mind, and spirit. To reach higher, to go further, to keep going. Obstacle courses, getting out of your comfort zone. So if we can be effective in the field. We hike up Table
1: Mountain.
0: The high point of my course is always getting to the top of Table Mountain. And we get into the shopping centers to distribute gospel literature and engage in personal one on one
1: evangelism.
0: It's so important that we get onto the streets, into the highways and byways, that we make a stand, that we Make a stand outside the gates of Parliament. We get outside the abortion clinics and make a stand for life. A person is a person no matter how small. This is right outside the gates of hell, where they kill babies in Cape Town, outside the abortion clinic. By God's grace, this abortion clinic is now closed.
1: Sidewalk
0: counselling. We, we in Cape Town so we're close to Parliament. We often are leading marches for life to Parliament to protest against abortion. And we can have prayer vigils outside the gates of Parliament calling the nation to repent. Choose life so that you and your children may live. Abortion stops a beating heart. God's law commands do not commit murder. Abortion is murder. Every abortion stops a beating heart. Outside our High Court in Cape Town we make a stand that in God's Court abortion is murder. Our constitution must be based upon the law of God. No law is valid if it's not founded on God's law. And these are some marches we've mobilized in Cape Town to Parliament to protest against the unjust laws. We've sometimes marched up to 30,000 people to Parliament to protest against the secularization and paganization of a country. we 30,000
1: to call our
0: lawmakers to repentance. need to get back to the We need to get back to the Bible and call our country back to repentance and prayer. If my people are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways then will I hear from heaven I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so part of a great commission course is getting out into the harbor and the waterfront and sharing the gospel of people getting into the townships and using evangelistic open-air preaching we get into the shopping centers and offer people a free New Testament if they will complete a survey a spiritual well-being survey Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Most people say I'm a very good person. Would you mind if I asked you a few questions to see if that is true? How many of God's 10 commandments can you remember? Well most people remember you should not lie and you should not steal have you ever lied or how many lies have you told me most people have to admit uncountable have you ever stolen anything no wait a minute you just admitted to me that you're a liar Yeah, long ago when I was very small, something very small. Isn't that another lie? Yes, that's true, I have stolen. What do you call a a person who steals? What do you call a person who steals? A thief said, What do you call someone who lies? A liar. Mm-hmm. How many murders do you have to commit to be a murderer? Just one. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? Just one. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever murdered somebody? I've met numerous people in the townships in Cape Town who say yes. We have a lot of gangsters there it seems. But most people are relieved to say no. I mean that's one command I haven't broken. I've never murdered anyone. Have you ever hated someone? Yes. Jesus said to hate someone is like committing murder in your heart have you ever looked with lust Jesus said if you look with lust it's like committing adultery in your heart so it doesn't take long to get people to admit I'm a lying, thieving, blasphemous, murderous, adulterer at heart now tell me again why you think he's such a good person Now if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Most people still think heaven. But you've admitted that you've broken God's laws. How can a holy God allow sinful people like you and I into his heaven?
1: And we need
0: to get people to think about these things and to ask themselves how can a holy God allow sinful people like you and I into his heaven? the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul the law is our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ that we can be justified by faith We need to learn how to evangelize effectively and how to win people to Christ, even strangers on the street. These are some of the things we do on the Great Commission courses, including getting people to radio stations to share their testimony. And, of course, our teachers in the field using film evangelism or sports ministry. There are so many mission fields all around us, and we want to open people's eyes to the opportunities that are around us to be more creative in winning our neighbors to Christ. So pray for our upcoming Great Commission, course, in January, and if any of you are led by the Lord, we'd be glad to receive you. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because that purpose is why I was sent. Do not bottleneck the gospel with the gospel hardened. Reach out across boundaries. Go where the gospel will be received. If somebody doesn't want to hear you, don't worry about that. There are many others who want to and will respond better. Let Let us cross over to the other side. Overcome all obstacles to the gospel. On this occasion, the river had swollen in a flood and washed away the bridge. We had to climb Hand over hand, angle over ankle along that cable, about a hundred meters. That's about the size of a football field to get the other side, but we did it. Then we had to bring
1: all
0: the box of Bibles that we had brought in across the river as well. Our Lord Jesus said said that on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice gates don't attack, gates defend. This is not that while we are under attack that we will preserve and that hell won't prevail against us it's that the gates of hell will not prevail against our attacks we're on the attack, hell is on the defensive. Victory is assured for the believer Our best form of defense is always attack The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. We're being told to be bold, to be innovative, to be persistent in seeking first the kingdom of God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is beyond the reach of prayer. <inaudible> except that which is beyond the will of God. <inaudible> no one is unreachable. The will of God will never lead you <inaudible> where the grace of God cannot keep you <inaudible> And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all mankind only when the great commission is fulfilled will the Lord return the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea when I first read this I thought you know 70% of the world is covered by water so we can expect the world to be 70% evangelized but that's not what the verse says. It's not as the waters cover the earth, it's as the waters cover the sea. What percentage of the sea is covered in water? Pretty much a 100%. Now, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and earth and those under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father are you consistently praying for the performance of the great commission it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already ripe for harvest Look around, you will see mission fields all around you, especially when you return to your homes. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to pray for God's will to be done and obeyed, not just in the church, but on earth. You're You're not the the salt of the church, you're the salt of the earth. You're called to be light to the world. This is the word of God. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You have heard the word of God. Are you going to obey it? Give up your small ambitions. And follow Jesus. His way will be greater and better than any plan you could ever have be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might you will be my witnesses to the end of the age let us pray Lord God we want to thank and praise you for your word the Bible I want to thank you, Lord God, for the power that you send us through the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be more faithful to your word, more effective in your service. Make us more brave and bold for you for we pray in Jesus precious
1: name Amen Amen